0: Y'all, welcome to the eighth episode of the Music Munch. I am your host, Devin Downs. And we, first of all, music has been in a fucking frenzy since January 1. And I've told friends around me that I was was predicting it right before the year started. I said, I think there's something about 2024 where music is going to have like an explosion and everyone's going to come back out. Everyone's going to... Um, you know, have a project that they're releasing. And I wish I would have done the episode where I had my predictions because I've already predicted half the people. But this episode's not even about all of that. It's just crazy the fact that there is so much going on around this Nicki Minaj and Megan The Stallion feud. And I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to probably break this up into parts because I have a lot of shit to say. Um, But let's just dive right into it. Okay, so I didn't even overly prepare this because I've been so inundated with so much information all over the internet and, you know, obviously trying to go back and not really do research but hear moments where Nikki um, dissed or had some sort of line about Megan or if Megan had mentioned something about um, Nikki, but essentially Megan came out with on Friday uh, the 26th, uh, her next single out of this era that really embodies snakes and like a shedding of skin it's a evolution of sort and she mentioned a few months ago when she released cobra that this will be um a multi-act debut as far as her music rollout goes so this seems like it's we're still in act one and the single she came out with is called hiss single is absolutely fire it really is a well formatted, well formatted, this um, track that talks through a lot of scrutiny and a lot of drama that she's been going through over the past years. So, one was with her ex, Party Fontaine, I think is his last name, uh, or Partisan Fontaine. Um, then you have Tory Lanes. Uh, you have some dra- some uh, lines that appear to be talking about Drake. And then you had a very, 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 very clear line that was talking about Nikki. And (laughs) I think what really gets me is the Drake, I'm sorry, not the Drake, the, the line that was talking about Nikki, Megan went real nice on this line because the line was not some crazy bar that you could tell what it was immediately. Most people didn't even know what she was talking about. But she said something around the effect that uh, these hoes ain't mad at Megan. Um, these hoes are mad at Megan's law. And Megan's law is a law that myself and the, ma- the majority of people had no clue what she was talking about. But the moment you look it up is saying that you have to uh, register yourself as a sex offender publicly. And if you move, if you um, do anything, <laughs> child, if you breathe. You need to make sure that, that motherfuckers know that you're a sex offender, essentially. Obviously, you cannot visit parks uh, where children are involved, you know, or or in, you know, certain parks. You can't visit schools. Like, you are a registered sex offender, and that's that. And Nikki's husband is that, and Nikki's brother is that. So that line was a very intelligent, you bitch, we know you graduated, <laughs> okay? We saw the cap and the gown. So when she said that, it was such a strong and smooth bar that it put the internet on a frenzy naturally. This is before Nicki Minaj went on a, a spiralina for 48 hours. But I'm but l- let let's do this. I'm gonna pause on all of that because a point that I really wanna make first is this is why I'm probably gonna break this up into parts. <laughs> is let's start with the fact that rap beefs are still happening, right? And rap beefs at first were a thing where men kind of, you know, um went toe-to-toe on a rat beef. Um, and now women being that they are the they are the rap community, like men are not holding the same level of um, publicity. They're not getting the same budgets. They're not getting the same recognition. Pop music is female rap right now. So the rap beefs have beefs have naturally turned to female artists. But I think it's more of a this rap beef shit is getting really old and it's getting old quick. And I think what's getting frustrating is rap has evolved and we're still acting like we are back in really like the 90s and 2000s of rap. And rap first started out where it felt more playful and it felt like it was more about the... Um, the feeling that we put together, something new, something fresh. And when you think about the Run DMCs, when you think about the the Dougie Freshes, when you think about the Slick Ricks, they had music where they were just telling stories, right? Even, you know, Will Smith, they were telling stories, right? And they were telling stories in their own way with a new rhythmic structure. You know, you had a new and reimagined space to say, yo, that's dope, that's funky, that that's different, you know? And so there was a certain life that was inside of rap in that time. When you get towards the 90s, and I really want to say towards the late 90s when I was, you know, because I was born in the early 90s, you started having um, rap evolve into um, talking about struggle, talking about, you know, uh, protecting my territory. So that's where gangs came in from, like, the Crips and the Bloods talking about trying to be a millionaire and trying to make it. And so that's where a lot of, you know, Black people resorted to drugs and, you know, certain levels of gang violence because it was fast, quick, and good money. But, like, your rap was about that. You know, there was a certain, like, you were cocky, you were popping your shit, you had something to say if you were doing well in some capacity. But Black people were still struggling a lot. You know, and if you think about the 90s, it was really nice and refreshing how on television we still had a lot of great spaces that showed us you know, in a positive life, in a positive light as a regular family. You know, when you look at a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, when you look at a Family Matters, when you look at, you know, a Martin, a That's So Raven, uh, a Sister Sister, it still was showing us in a good light, but it was a lot of still gang violence and it was a lot of poverty that had restricted us as a black community. And we still were limited on the resources that we had, though we were gaining more, we were limited. So when you start to fast forward into the 2000s, and it's more towards the end of the 2000s, a lot of that struggle really shifted, right? And we started to be more of the um. We, we st- I'm not saying that we stopped struggling because we didn't, but more resources came to Black people, you know. And then rap started to evolve, where instead of instead of it being, um, you know, us trying to defend our hood, our clique, you know, what we've kind of gained, you know, our name. I- really just defending our our, our own, like, life and persona, you know, it turned into a, it's it softened. You know, actually, that's when Nicki came out. That's when Drake came out. You know, Lil Wayne was one of the pioneers to kind of start changing that rap because the rap turned into, you know, hood rap, into rap infused when he started to mix rock, rock inside of rap. But he started to do it at a higher level. Because I know that Jay-Z at one point showed what it was like with Linkin Park to mix and infuse the two genres, but but Lil Wayne really did it. Then when you got to Nicki and Drake, and then you got to Migos, and um, who was in the 2000s that was doing something in rap? Uh, maybe early Kendrick Lamar, like early J. Cole, Kanye. That started to soften the, the, the feel of, of what rap was. You know, in some ways, we got back to, to, to storytelling, but we weren't still coming from hoods. Right. We weren't struggling in that same way, you know, and I'm not saying that Drake is the poster child. He's not the only one. But it's like, nigga, you weren't struggling. So, you know, your rap is not about that. And so it obviously evolved and you, you know, talking your shit and popping off and being confident and like repping your hood, etc. At that point, you're just going based off of what has been built as a culture of rap versus you having that a part of your culture. Right. You're not a, a kid of struggle and that's OK. Right. But also his rap wasn't really even about that. So it evolved, you know, and then as you continue on, you start to have the rap artists like Lil Baby, Da Baby, um, Travis Scott. Um, you know, obviously I said I think I said Migos, where y'all are the future. Y'all are not rapping about struggle. You're actually rapping about drugs more than anything. Right. You're rac- rapping about um You know, materials, which we did that as well in the early 2000s, right? Like, if you got a Mercedes, if you got, you know, a Louis bag, all that stuff. But you're not really rapping about anything that has to do with struggle, right? So this confidence and this, like, boastfulness that has come through rap over the years, at this point, it's just something that became a nucleus of rap. But it's not coming from anywhere. It's not like there's any roots in it. Most of these rappers aren't struggling like that. You know what I'm saying? And not for nothing, most of America has had such a resurgence when it comes to how we're able to be a new level of middle class with all these ways that we can pay for stuff. And we have accessibility to where struggle is there. I'm not saying that it isn't because obviously for inflation is at an all time high. But, you know, we have ways and means to get things. So I say that to say the reason why these rat beefs are getting really old is that what I was starting to hear, you know, through the Internet. Um, is, you know, Megan woke up rap, you know, especially when it came to this track. Now, I do agree with that, right? I do agree she woke up rap. First of all, Megan is one of the last freestylers, which feels like is alive, goddamn, because freestyling was a thing of the 2000s. Cyphers and battles was the things of the 2000s. And like, you know, not for nothing, Nikki, you're not that girl. Every time you're on Stephen Colbert, you're over there hitting them with the lunch table, um, boom, pat tat, boom, tat, and then you rapping over that. And it really does give. It was a, a guy on TikTok that like j- r- 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 ragged Nikki by her ball cap and was saying that she's the Dr. Seuss of rap. And my thing is, what we're not going to do is make it seem like I'm not a Nicki fan because I am a Nicki fan. I'm not in this fandom and I'm not one of the barbs and that. And we're in that. No, I'm not a blindly loyal fan. Like, if you keep fucking up, you just become a stream. You're not getting my concert uh, uh, money. Like, that's just not happening. But back to the Dr. Seuss of rap. Nicki's not a freestyler. She's not right. But she has a very, very strong pen game and she's extremely talented. That's what I love about her. Megan woke up rap for the sake of, even if she did write some of this shit down, Megan is a true freestyler. She will, you put on a beat no matter what the beat is and she's just, she's double dutching until she gets into a flow and she has some sickening flows if you look at her freestyles over the years that make you think, damn, this is what rap used to be. This is the m Even I think J. Cole is a freestyler. This is the, the Jay-Zs. This is the Nas's. These are the real Kings and queens of rap that knew how to just double dutch inside of a beat and just go for it and create, you know, certain harmonic harmonic patterns, you know, when they're when they're rapping or, you know, they know how to they're rapping so fast. You're like, how did you even come up with that so quickly? Like that kind of talent does not exist. And the way that Megan rides a beat is very different than most artists. And not for nothing, Nicki is an incredible talent. I don't have to keep I I do it because it is the truth, and I don't have to keep validating that, but it's like you don't have that kind of talent. You have a very different talent. We see you for something very different, right? But it's at this point where it's like when people talked about the whole, you know, Nikki, uh, not Nikki, Megan woke up rap, she did, right? She surely did. But in the sense of like bringing back some like hardness to rap, bringing back some like this shit has been soft and you know we've been we've been too soft with rap. Yeah, because life is fucking soft. Y'all, we're now talking about mental health and therapy. We're softening. We don't have to keep being, we don't have to keep struggling. It's like when Black History comes up, Black History Month comes up. We don't have to keep talking about Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King. Y'all are cemented in history. That is love. You go nowhere. But there's other layers to black history. There's other layers to black people. Do we want to keep being oppressed? No. So stop applauding oppression by saying that, oh, you know, rap has been too soft. Rap no, rap has evolved because, nigga, you're soft too. So am I. I, I, We actually benefit from the fruits of some level of gentrification. So it's it's one of those moments where I'm like, all right, y'all, we kind of need to stop. So my first point is, it is getting kind of old that it's like, with these rap beefs, get off of it. Get off of it. It's over, right? When it comes to a lot of these pop artists, these pop artists like Taylor Swift, Selena Gomez, Katy Perry, um, you name it, um, they don't do this shit. They don't. And the thing is, I get it. They don't have the same lives that a lot of our family may, you know, that's still alive may have had or ancestors have had. They don't come from that same level of struggle. That, okay, I understand that. But when it comes to things that happen inside of the industry, and mind you, this is shit that these rap beefs are coming from inside the industry. They're not coming from pre-industry. Even when Nicki has something to say with Lotto and call her ass scratch off and how much she was begging for a feature. Nicki, it feels like everyone's begging begging for a feature. Okay, got it. Great, love that. I would beg for a feature too. You're Nicki Minaj. No one's dumb. No one, that, we get it. But you're, it's this, this is an industry thing. This is not a, oh, I, you have something to say about me and like, I don't know high school and I never got over that beef or you stole my man or whatever the fuck it is or like you rep a certain click a certain hood y'all are not beefing over that you're beefing about something inside of the industry so I say that to say when it comes to pop artists that's they have shit that goes on it's not like as if you know Selena Gomez has not had somebody else that is a pop artist talk about her or drag her or have something to say where she you know found out about it right they have it's just that it's not rooted in their culture, how it's rooted in our culture of we have just been holding on to that level of arrogance and confident and pop off inside of this culture of rap that we still do it. But Taylor definitely took her shot when she did Reputation and was talking about it. But instead of it being something that was all over the blogs and it's like, you know, who about to respond? Who next? Oh, I bet this bitch wouldn't. I bet that it nobody paid that mind and just thought it was an error. Same thing with Miley. Miley has addressed shit in her music, right? But we just don't do that with them. And I'm not saying that we should follow suit with these pop artists and them not saying anything, but it's just more of a it is entertaining. It's it's clear I'm making this podcast episode because it's entertaining, but it's not necessary and it's getting old. So I don't know. That's kind of my two cents more from a space of we need to move on from rat beefs. Right. Like we need to move on. It's fine if like people don't get along. That's all cute and dandy. And if you do have something that you want to say, fine, put it in the music. But then all the stuff that surrounds that outside of it, it's getting sad. It's getting pathetic. It's getting old. And I'm not going to even hold you at least how all this has been done. Nikki. Your hypocritical ass has talked about Megan twice off of two songs in your album. Let's review. Red Ruby to sleeves. I don't fuck with horses since Christopher Reeves. Okay. Loved it. Got it. Understood. That was your moment. By all by all means pop off. Fuck the club up. Stay in your Tory lanes, bitch. I'm not Iggy. Okay. Got it. No problem. And it's okay if y'all want to talk about it in the music, talk about it in the music. Nobody said anything now, did they? Megan, Megan's law. Oh, wait a <laughs> girl, you're a hypocrite. Shut up. Let it go. Move on. Like if you want to say it in the music, say it in the music. A lot of artists say it in the music. All the other shit though is where it needs to be. Lay it to rest. And the thing that really gets me too is that Nikki takes such an in-, in disgustingly mean and nasty low blows. That like talking about someone's dead mother as if the soil on your father's grave is not still fresh is just sad. And then you want to you want to um uh justify that by saying, well, you came from my family. I said a law. And if it applies, it applies. And then the rest of the song was about everybody else. And 48 hours of a spiral of you having all this shit to say about her. Girl, OK. All right. Do we get it? Calm down. Worry about your tour. Which I don't even know if I'm going to still go to. Because I'm not here for this type of shit. Like, Nikki's turning into the new Kanye. You know, Kanye is still one of my top five favorite rappers of all time. Nikki, top five. And that's female and male. Just period. Rap, top five. I don't know who's number one. I got to figure that out. But But I don't need to patronize you aside from the fact that I fell in love with your music. Right? That's that. So I'm going to actually make this my part one. Because now I want to get into the actual differences uh, between the music, right? Between Hiss and then it's slated that at 3 p.m., I'm I'm actually recording this at 12.04 p.m. on Sunday, January 28th. So if I can get this out within the next few days, dope. Um, I'm trying to still stay fresh and relevant to the time. But Hiss is already out. The music video is out. Incredible job. Also, too, just as like a little nugget, when I say Megan is so if you're an anime fan, I don't really watch anime. But when I do, I think it's incredible. And I think the stories are some of the best, most well-told stories across any films that are, um, you know, live action, if you will, uh, or animated. But she has a lot of dope anime references that I think is absolutely beautiful. And I'll talk about that in my next episode. But we will get into the differences of Hiss versus Bigfoot. <laughs> Nikki, you are so petty. That I do think is funny. All the other stuff I don't, but yes, we will get into the next parts on the Music Munch. I will see you on the next episode, y'all.